Montgomery Scott at your service. Lieutenant Junior Grade. Captain Pike of the USS Enterprise. This is Lieutenant Nooney and Singh, Dr. Mbenga, Lieutenant Ortegas, and Lieutenant Kirk. That's a lot of lieutenants. That'll be a quiz. <laughs> Lieutenant Scott, I don't recognize you from the Cayuga's roster. Oh, I'm not from the Cayuga. Uh, I'm from the Star Diver, or at least I was. Strange new takes. I'm your host, Nash Karnick, and with me talking a real Scottish accent this time are, or is. <laughs> I'm just one person, Emily, and I don't know that I can do a Scottish accent. I can do a Yorkshire accent, but only marginally and only for lines from The Secret Garden. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why that is. Uh. <laughs> Maybe I was in it, but, you know, you <laughs> but it, it was not a fantastic accent. But I did. I love trying to do accents, though. Like, I'll listen to people and be like and like practice mm -hmm. the sounds in my mouth, because that's the biggest thing is that people don't. I think that's one of the reasons people speak a lot of other languages. Or, wait, when someone speaks another language, if they just totally speak it with their own accent, it's because they haven't practiced the feel yep. of it in their mouth you know like just mm -hmm. certain i don't know scottish is one of those cool ones that definitely you have to hold your mouth in a certain way to say <laughs> the words the well, way they say them so so we're like completely blowing off the introduction right now but i think the point <laughs> is it's it's actually where the voice originates between uh -huh. and it goes right down to the neck to the place in your mouth where it's mm -hmm. originating so it's mm -hmm. like there's there's a bunch of stuff that when you do accent training it's yeah I, i've i've done i've done a whole bunch of different accents trainings for theater so it's it's a lot of fun anyway. it is fun and there's like there's great resources for like helping like with listening resources and mm -hmm. anyway i thought it was a lot of fun trying to learn to speak with the yorkshire accent yeah yeah totally well do you want to continue introducing what we're doing here sure you know <laughs> i can do that i can do that you know so we're doing this this show you know and we're like talking about a show called strange new takes no we're not we're talking about we're welcoming you to strange new takes maybe we do need to just start this over. it's okay this emily is, just keep this going is a train it's fine wreck. it's a train wreck i don't know what i'm doing now i'm just thinking about accents and all right you let's know. just let's just completely go off script <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we'll be sharing a recap of the 10th episode of the second season of Strange New Worlds. The episode's called Hegemony. Uh, there's some stuff about joining us on social media at Strange yeah. New Takes. Also, there's going to be spoilers. Just know that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. I promise I'll be a little show. better at the episode, you know, as we go. It's I took good. notes on this on this episode, so, there you know. There you go. Yeah, I see them in our notes, yeah. So, uh, Hegemony was, again, 10th episode of the second season of Strange New Worlds. Unfortunately, it's the season finale, so that's all she wrote for the second season of Strange New Worlds. First aired on the 10th of August, 2023. It was written by Henry Alonso Myers. It was directed by Maya Vervillo. The in-universe data start date 2344.2, which corresponds to 2259. Here's a summary from Memory Alpha. When the USS Enterprise investigates an attack on a colony at the edge of Federation space, Captain Pike and his crew face the return of a formidable enemy. So... Mm. Emily, strange new takes. Do you have any? Should I go first? What do you think? Oh, I can go. I can go first. So I just love those days when it's rainy and stormy outside, but not the kind of rainy and stormy that are scary, where you're like worrying about needing to take cover because there might be tornadoes. Just yeah. like gentle thunder, a little lightning, rain on the roof, and you don't want to get mm -hmm. out of bed kind of mornings. That's the kind of morning we've had. It's been nice. We've built some Legos. We've, you know, I don't know what else we did. Oh, we talked to my mother-in-law. You know, it's just been a nice rainy morning. Pretty chill. I enjoy those. It's nice to have those from time to time. I know I still have like a big sermon I need to write at some point today, but you know, I enjoyed this relaxing morning. <laughs> so, totally, totally. Um, and my strange new take for the episode, um, I think would be that, um, we know we have finally had a real throwback to 90s Trek with the to be continued. So we haven't had that in, I mean, I guess they kind of did it in lower decks a little bit, 
they did do it in Lower Decks. But that was actually, I have to say, it's one of the things I appreciated about Discovery was each season of Discovery, they wrapped it up at the end. Mm, And they might have given you a little tease for something that was to come in the next season. But but they wrapped up the story arc that was taking place that season. And I liked that about um, Discovery. But that doesn't mean I didn't like that they dropped a really big to be continued at the end of this episode, except for the fact that we are not going to get the continuation of this episode for quite a while. So that three yeah. months that we had to wait for best of both worlds, Hey, this is going to blow it out of the water. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, it is regretful that like, you know, because of the strikes and stuff, mm-hmm. we're probably not going to see this for arc and least. for quite a while. Yeah. Um, I'll just take your storm take and go with it. I saw Hale for the first time in like, well, in a long time, maybe not for the first time ever, but first time in a long time yesterday. And there was a storm where we were told to take shelter under a sturdy structure because we were expecting golf fall size hail here. Wow. I was very grateful that my, I have a garage built earlier this year. So my car didn't get messed up. But yeah, it was a, it's pretty heavy storm that we had here last night. Yeah, I had it. We had a hailstorm. I was in school in Tulsa. This is quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Had just gotten a new car. It was like maybe five, six months old, my car. Huge hailstorm in Tulsa. There were three of us that had new cars and we wanted to like go throw our bodies over our cars. We all ended up with so much hail damage and I couldn't afford to get the hail damage fixed because I couldn't afford a car payment and my deductible at the same time. So I just had a golf ball for a car. For the next 14 years. So, <laughs> sad day. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, thankfully, thankfully, my car was in the garage, which was good. good. And um, with this episode, you know, I, I I liked the the new presentation of the Gorn. And I wonder how far they're going to go to showing us kind of the politics and society of the Gorn compared mm-hmm. to just like starfleet's perception of that like whether we're going to get the other side of this ever or if it's just going to be like oh scary monsters um that's kind of the star trek is good at doing eventually right is giving us that other side it might take a while to get to that point but well but they suggested it right like in the Mm -hmm. episode they were like oh the the younglings don't typically do that they don't go in backs so like what's going on yeah so something different happening. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what actually happens when they do come back six years from now and finish this, this <laughs> cliffhanger. All right. So let's let's start from um, the top. And I don't know if if I guess we can start where we ended last time, which is that like Marie Battelle wasn't long for this world, according to. Um, the, you know, speech at the end of subspace. Yeah, she Rhapsody. was being set. She was being sent on a priority one mission, right? Is that what it yeah, was? Something like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I was and putting that off made me like our vacation with her boyfriend, who has finally mm-hmm. decided to like communicate with her. Like, you know, all these good things are happening. Clearly, something bad is going to happen immediately, and it doesn't take very long. Um, no. She's with Christine Chapel, and the colony gets attacked by the Gorn. But we also see a shuttle going down, right. leaking some stuff out of the nacelle, which uh, turns out has some implications later in the episode as well. Yes, yes. So, um, but one thing about this intro that I thought was really funny and very TOS-y is like, oh, these colonists have shaped their world around the old wa- West or something old like that. Old Midwestern small town. Yeah. I was hoping that they just didn't import the systemic racism, you know, it'd be nice to <laughs> have that, that, you know, nice idyllic Midwestern small town where there's, you know, equity. That would be great. Hopefully that's what it's like, right? <laughs> it's, it's it's funny like that, you know, I mean, these are oh, going because of standing lots, right? Like you mm-hmm. have every Paramount has like a bunch right. of standing lots where they right. can do work. And so, this one, they decided to use the Midwestern small town lot and uh-huh. just call it a, a colony somewhere else. And it's it's pretty funny. But um, so and that's like typical TOS, right? Like mm-hmm. we have a bunch of uniforms from World War Two movies. We are going to the Nazi planet. Right. <laughs> like, you know, uh, or the gangster planet or the you know. the Roman planet, sword right, and sandal right, right. planet. Like, yeah, it's it's all the sword uh, and sandal planet. Anyway. Right. So anyway, Phinebus nice. three gets attacked, and Pers- uh, no Parnassus. Parnassus three. Yeah. Oh well. Parnassus. Parnassus beta. Parnassus beta. beta. What's Phinebus right? three? I don't know what that is, but it's it's Parnassus beta. 
Why do I have the name Fenimbus Three stuck in my head? Anyway, I have no idea. Maybe we'll find out next year. <laughs> it oh, sounds like right. a merging Fenimbus of Phineas and Ferb. No. <laughs> that's where the the previous Gorn attack happened. Oh, or Cestus Three, isn't it? Cestus Three? Because I was looking it up. We were trying to figure. You mean the? Oh, you mean the previous attack of the Gorn in Strange, Strange New, Worlds. New Worlds? Yeah. That's oh, why, okay. But in TOS, why. it's Cestus Three, isn't it? I think I it's think Cestus so. Three. Because yeah. we were looking up. This prompted us to look up what the initial introduction to the Gorn was in TOS and like, and they do do like they go places and completely destroy them. Right. Because it was a colony on Cestus three that was mm -hmm. totally destroyed, but Kirk had never heard of the Gorn. So, and Kirk wasn't on this mission. So, you know, but half of his crew was, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is one of those things where I'm just like, you know, we just need to set aside the TOS continuity. Which I have no problem doing, so hey. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so as we go through this episode, I think one of the key elements is going to be Pike's relationship with Battelle. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, let's dispense with this right off the bat. Someone like Pike should not be sent to do anything in this situation but you know it was interesting so i found this because yes i mean you know in april uh, admiral april even says to him you know i know that you're really close to patel are you going to be able to have the um ability to to carry out this mission you know so especially um he's pretty impassioned about his hatred of the gorn when he's initially talking to april because he said you know he says they're monsters and april's like well you know we we need to be careful about how we label people mm -hmm. and um and Pike says, you know, sometimes a monster is just a monster. But then what I did find interesting was um, when they're on the planet, he and they notice that the Gorn are doing something different than they had mm -hmm. expected. You know, his first um, his first thought is maybe there's some way that we can find to communicate to them or reach them or, you know, so he's starting to think along those lines of not just destroying them. Whereas if he just thought of them as monsters, right, then you just destroy them and you don't try to figure out some other way to communicate with them. So I thought that showed that maybe he was able to compartmentalize and try to um, think a little more clearly um, to work through this mission. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, first of all, that's true if you accept that what Starfleet would have wanted is him to go down to the planet. Which, which, he, which they did not. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> immediately breaks the rules That's right true. after he gets That's there. True. Like, it's like... It's like every even. other Starfleet captain we've followed in, over a series in the history of Star Trek. <laughs> exactly. And, and even this same guy in the first episode of this season... Which right. is like, hey, crew, we can't legally do this, but we have to go help Laan, so let's do it. So it's like... I mean, classic Star, Star Trek plot, right? right. Like, Although that I mean, would have been Spock, not Pike. Oh, that's right. It was Spock. Right. And then in First Contact, it's Picard, right? Right, like, right, right. Oh, and uh, by the way, though, I have to say, it felt so much like, you know, we've engaged the Gorn instead of the Borg. You know, <laughs> you exactly, definitely had those, exactly. those overtones going on. Totally, totally. Um, and, and speaking of First Contact, I mean, a lot of people online were saying that this could have been a movie, this whole episode. Yeah. Like, And it, it really had a lot like going with it to kind of go in that direction we had diplomacy like you know introduction of like cool new characters right. like a great new location to like host stuff on like a very cinematic kind of horror movie feel yeah. like this could have been two hour movie very easily and i'm just saying like not even with the conclusion but i'm saying like this episode we had when they hit one of the because i don't pay enough to not have commercials um when we hit one of the commercial breaks, I was looking to see how much was left. And I could not believe, I'm like, oh my gosh, how are they going to get, how are they going to wrap this up in 15 minutes? There's no way. Like there's yeah. so much stuff that has to happen still. But man, that scene, like when the Gorn ship starts coming, you can see it coming in through the atmosphere. That gave me like Independence Day kind of vibes, you know? So it really was a cinematic feel. Totally, totally. So, um... We, we Our cast of characters are compromised, Spock more than others, because he misses Christine. They get there, and this is all because they get there and they find the Cayuga in, like, pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, which is, I think, the first time that we've, like, truly had a lot of, like, like, we've poked around in a destroyed starship. Am I... Um, there was some stuff with Peanut Hamper and Lower Decks where, you know, they, they showed a debris field and her... Mm -hmm. 
like surviving that but i can't remember if there's ever been another time when our cast of characters like goes on to a destroyed starship yeah i don't know if it, if they have on like a totally destroyed starship i feel like maybe we haven't seen it's always yeah. been ships that have been damaged and appear to oh sorry i just hit my microphone that would have been real loud sorry about that um ships that uh like have been damaged and lost all their power and they're not quite sure, you know, so they have to go on with their EV suits and, but yeah, I don't know that it's ever been ships that are in pieces. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's kind of funny that, um, I mean, I'll just say this now. It's funny that they crashed that saucer section because, like, Chapel survived. So maybe Spock should have been like, oh, we got one. Maybe there's a few others. Like, yeah. Like I made the comment on a thread somewhere. I said, well, um, there were no survivors, certainly after they crashed it into the tower, but there is a good chance because someone's like, oh, it's pretty convenient. That's some pretty thick plot armor um, that Christine Chapel survived. Like, you know, she's the only one to survive. And I was like, I don't know that she was the only one to survive, I think. But maybe they just figured those were acceptable losses because Needs they needed the to, you know, I mean, that seems to be what that what that was. The other thing I have to say what does Spock have to apologize for? Because he makes the comment, I want to apologize to her. What What does Spock have to apologize for? I'm, I'm just a little confused because I'm so, pretty sure Christine broke up with him very publicly after not talking with him. Uh, in song. After not talking with him about this big opportunity that she got when she was going to talk with him about it, but then decided she'd rather just break up with him in song in front of a whole bunch of people. I just don't see what he has to apologize to her about. So this is uh, also just, just this context. He, he says he has to apologize, not just to her, but he also tells, I forget, I think he's talking to Una maybe in the beginning. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. who he's talking to. And he, yes, he says Una. like, I have to apologize to her for, you know, I never got the chance. Um, I think what he's referring to is his reaction of like being kind of snotty with her. And it's probably been like a couple of day, a few days. And so she probably at some point might've tried to talk to him and he would have said, no, I don't want to talk to you at all. So maybe I I agree that they should, that I I mean, it's complicated, right? Like there's just nothing we've seen on screen that would warrant him needing to apologize to her. Yeah, well, I feel like also these things get squishy, right? And so sometimes mm-hmm. as as a person in a relationship, you you want to like... Just apologize. <laughs> just, just yeah, just yeah. make things better. Right, Or, right, or not right. even as right. someone in a relationship. If you're trying to like keep a friendship together after a yeah. relationship ends, like you Water just want to under be, the like, bridge. Everything that happened, I apologized. Right. Like it's, right. you know, our relationship was a mess. I, I Like he could have been apologizing for overcrowding her and like pushing her away. Or... I was going to say, and that, that could be because, um, you know, she, she was clearly going through something the episode before uh, Subspace Rhapsody. And, you know, and he did in a moment kind of make it about himself and it was totally not about him. So he could apologize about that. But there was nothing that happened in the last episode that I felt he needed to apologize for. So it was the episode before, maybe. Exactly. Exactly. So I think I think it's there's also probably a tinge of grief there, right? Like Mm -hmm. you you, you forget all the bad things and you only forget Mm -hmm. what you did to the person. And it's like, I will never get a chance to like say my piece. So there's probably something there as well. Um, But, but getting back to early in this episode, our Pike does the whole like, who will help me thing. And then basically tells everybody who volunteers, no, I actually need you on the ship. (laughs) Takes Mabenga and... Ortega's uh, with Lahan. Uh, Ortega's we... finally gets her away mission. And then she says, why did I want that? <laughs> why did I ask for that? <laughs> uh-huh. And then we get her hero moment as well, flying right. the shuttle. Like we've had that before in the um, uh, charades where she flew it into right. the subspace and all, oh, no, the, the Kharkovian, mm-hmm. uh, I forget the wormhole or what, but anyway, and now yeah. she gets to fly it into this planet trying to stay under the Gorn radars and throughout the episode we also have this plot of like oh if we pretend to be debris the Gorn don't notice us right Gorn notoriously ignorant of debris and we we also get a they're like T-Rexes if you don't move or don't catch their eye they won't notice you or exactly 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 if you blend Uh, in (laughs) yeah 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 so it's 
basically our cast of characters split up, which is always like fate, fateful thing to do on a TV episode. Mm-hmm. Clearly, contact is going to be lost. Like there's going to be problems because of that split. And right. um, yeah, I think the one thing that I was pleasantly surprised for is that this episode wasn't terribly gory in terms of what happens on the screen. No. So I, I do have to comment on that, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little ridiculous, the amount of blood that they have sprayed all over the, every single set. Like, that's just stupid. Like, I got to the point where I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> because if really that much bloodshed happened in these rooms, there would be bodies lying around because they didn't have time to go <laughs> or pick up bones. all the bodies. Or, you know, I mean, like... Like, there's just no way that there was that much of an attack that went through everything. They would have all been dead. See, see Emily, Emily went through I, think, I think this is a great point. But here's, here's, I read the original script for this episode. Uh-huh. And what it was, what it said is there's a lot of blood. And because the Gorn don't like clean up after they eat, there's also a lot of bones. And you know how they introduced us to Scotty? Turns out there was a Starfleet officer in the Cayuga who went and collected all the bones, a Dr. McCoy. And that, that was cut from the episode episode so because they thought it was too much at the end the so, only thing i could think is that starfleet went through and took ketchup bottles and like threw it all over the rooms so that the <laughs> gorn if they came in they'd be like oh some of our compatriots already took care of this room so we don't need to go through here you know that's the only, i mean there's just no there's no way that a bloody battle happened in every single room that they were all in there's just yeah. no way and to have any survivors there's no way that those things could all happen so yeah no totally totally it was it was kind of comical and then like randomly somewhere like the blood is dripping other right. places it's not like right what happened yeah. uh yeah yeah no it was it was pretty funny <laughs> let's let's be honest with ourselves but, okay so let's just jump to it we meet scotty and it's 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 a very like kind of like suspenseful meeting, right? Like suddenly our yeah. cast of characters like get a, a bio signal, then they end up in a trap, and right. you're like, "What the hell? Are they gonna be like Gorn now?" Yeah. Um, Gorn Fortunately, preserves. it's quickly resolved. <laughs> yeah, very quickly. And we meet Martin Quinn as Montgomery Scott, the first Scottish actor to play uh, Scotty. I think it's great. I really, really like this casting. I think this is fantastic casting. Um, yeah, he just, uh, his his mannerisms, his, obviously the accent is great, but it was so funny because we're so used to hearing a not real Scottish accent for, for Scotty that it took my ears a little bit, even though I listened to lots of Scottish people, but it was just so weird to hear Scotty actually have a proper Scottish accent. So no offense, Jimmy Doohan. But, um, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think my only complaint is he kind of then stole the show in every scene he was in just by the sense of, like, being, like, it's freaking Montgomery Scott. Like, you have to pay attention to everything he's doing because he might do something that, like, references the original series. Well, and you know what's funny? I feel like he stole the scenes more than uh, Kirk ever has in Strange New Worlds. Don't you think? Yeah, I think because of the novelty, right? Maybe. Especially, like, I, the first time we see Kirk is in the alternate universe. So, like, right. we got a little bit of, like, okay, this Kirk doesn't really matter because he's right. different. But this is the actual Scotty. So, the whole time you're like, what's he going to do next? And how mm-hmm. does it influence what happens in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yes, I think Martin Quinn did a great job of playing Scotty. I think it's pretty convincing that he is who he says he is. Um, last survivor of the star star diver yeah i think, I think. So. star driver star diver star driver one of those yeah yeah and so yes you a star diver um and he is quickly also showing that he's got like incredible know-how by having jerry rigged something on his shuttle that allowed him to slip by the gorn defenses mm-hmm. it's kind of like a little bit of a macguffin that i'm sure in the the continuation is going to come in handy in some ways because mm-hmm. they do a lot in this episode to steal that device back from the shuttle and take right. it to the Enterprise. He also shows us that a whole bunch of humans all in a collected place have managed to avoid the Gorn. Yes. Like they've barricaded a, a diner. Which is exactly why all the blood is ridiculous. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I think it's like a group of like 40 people out of 5,000. Mm-hmm. So maybe all of the rest of the 5,000 were collected in that one town. And they just, the Gorn were like, make this look as ridiculous as possible. This killing needs to be comical. 
Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, one of the survivors, hey, it's Marie Bertel. Who knew? Who knew? I knew. Wasn't she in the preview? <laughs> anyway. I didn't watch the preview. I didn't watch um, the preview, but... But yeah, no, I figured I figured they wouldn't kill... They, they want to kill her more emotionally if they're going to kill her off, right? Um, I hope they don't kill her off. But, um, you know, they're going to want to have that be a more emotional gut punch than, you know, just somewhere off screen where we don't see it, you know? Yeah. Um, but you could, but she's pretty pissed. She's like, why'd you come? You know, I didn't want you to come here. Now you're, you know, you were safe and now you're here. <laughs> so. Classic, classic yep. dialogue. Um, yep. And they go, I mean, that this is the point in the episode at which Ortega's Lan and Mabenga just kind of take a graceful exit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't really see much from them anymore. Uh, and, and what happens is on board the Enterprise, they've decided to kablooey the saucer section into the, the interference thing that is jamming communications and transporters and all this other stuff. And they get very excited about it. I really appreciated the fact that the crew screwed this up because they... They had this great plan, but they forgot that, look, when transporters come back, everybody's transporters come back, not just ours. And there wasn't somebody to like be like, listen, maybe we should be careful and do this very quickly. So this wasn't just the typical Star Trek brilliant plan. There was there was a little bit of a mistake made. Right. And I think that's also kind of showing the heat of battle you know i mean the you know like they there's a time crunch and they're not you know they're just trying to figure out they figure any any every second that passes is more of a chance that everyone is just being slaughtered on the planet and you know so they're just trying to get the decisions made you know oh i do want to mention this is um just pertaining to the gorn being different they did have a nice conversation when they kind of found out more about scotty and where he came from um finding out that there were some coronal mass ejections on the sun that they yes. were um, orbiting and that the, there seemed to be a spawning that was um, spurned by those. And so they're kind of noticing that maybe there is some biological um, uh, explanation behind why the Gorn suddenly start swarming in this area. Um, anyway, so, and they talked a little bit more about the Gorn communicating by light. And so maybe talking about the, um, you know, luminescent characteristics or something. I don't know. Just thought that was interesting. Oh, totally. I mean, and this is like adding some lore to like why mm-hmm. the Gorn do what they do, right? It's like, so I, I like it. I think it's like the classic, like we have, we are exploring strange new worlds and understanding strange new species. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it was pretty classic Star Trek. And we also get to see that the Gorn, like I was saying before, the the younglings have like evolved and are fighting each other. They're working in groups. Right. And then we find one that like breaks into this shuttle, sniffs everybody and then leaves, which leads to the dun-dun-dun revelation that Marie Battelle, also classic horror movie trope, a zombie right. movie trope, which, by the way, they mentioned zombie movies a bunch of times in this episode. Yeah. Uh, which is exactly what they were going for with the aesthetic. Right. And... She's been bit and she didn't tell anybody. Hey, what the hell? I've got Gorn babies growing in my arm. Yeah, yeah. unfortunate. Um, <clears throat> so she's basically going to be Star Trek Ripley. Um, or like, who, not Ripley, the character who the like alien right. bursts out of an yeah. alien. Yeah. So, uh, and she ends up the, at the end of this episode, you know, because Pike is making very rational decisions. He's like, where's the best place to put someone who's incubating tiny little Gorn that could skitter right. into the... Inside on of a ship. ship. Yeah, we should take her to sick bay. That's a that, great idea. This is going to work very well. Yes, uh, yes. Because, you know, in a battle, force fields never go down. No, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Good job, Pikey. Um, <laughs> I mean, I oh. get it. I do the same thing in his place. But this is why April shouldn't send him. Right. Right. Well, and that's why April didn't send him, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he said, exactly. hold the, the Starfleet said, hold the line. Now, here is something I had a question about after the episode was over. But when I watched, I've seen it one and a half times. And um, so they're trying to make the case that Starfleet doesn't actually have any jurisdiction 
to protect this planet because the planet is outside of Federation space. However, and so April even says they didn't attack us. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they did. They destroyed the Cayuga. That is an attack on Starfleet and on the Federation. Like, you know, so I just feel like, you know, Starfleet's trying to take this. Oh, we don't want to make matters worse. But but they did attack you. Like, it's totally within the realm of acceptability that they can fight back, you know? But this is this is your typical, like, spineless HQ people who don't understand what me on the ground yeah. knows in my, in my bones <laughs> as a captain, like, you know? And they're just... You, I mean, you could technically make the argument that Cayuga was outside of Federation space, so, like, you know, they were... They might have been infiltrating space claimed by someone else already. So right. like but it's like those those damn people at the top, they don't they don't know what I'm doing here on the ground. And right. uh by the way, I just wanted to say this is also it could be an opportunity for Spock to pull the move that Kirk pulled in the Kelvin and be like, you are Captain, you are emotionally compromised. Maybe that's what the next episode starts with, right? Mm, yeah, maybe. Well clearly Pike can't make a decision. He doesn't, we don't know what he's going to do Do you know whose fault this is? <laughs> Admiral, that Admiral from Discovery, I forget her name, uh, oh. who kept him out of the war. And so Pike has no wartime experience and he's like a, he's like a diplomat and he just doesn't know what to do in a fight. Yes. Admiral starts with a C. She is one of those names that I always say it wrong. It's not that it's a hard name. It's that there's a more common version of Cornwell. That. Cornwell. Yeah. I always want to say, uh, Cornwall instead of Cornwell. Yep. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Katrina Cornwell. <clears throat> there you go. Um, yeah, Katrina. So I don't think I knew her name was Katrina. <laughs> they called her Cat on the show. Uh-huh, apparently, playing by I was I was going with Admiral Jane because she's played by Jane yeah, Brooke. Yeah, I remembered it was Jane Brooke, but but yeah, right, no, this well, is very um, this is very uh, clearly there are emotions laden in this whole. <laughs> Which Spock, Spock can't say is emotionally exactly. compromising because he saved Chapel and, right. you know, right. there's totally unemotional behavior. Oh, uh, we get to see an adult Gorn. Yes, we do. In a spacesuit. In a spacesuit. That was pretty cool. That was, was really neat. Cool. Yeah. They had a guy that was in it, too. So so that's kind of cool. In some sense, they're going, hearkening back to TOS where it is a guy in a suit um, who is. and But then he has the. So his face was looking out kind of the neck area mm. and then they have a rig on top like a little cage thing and then the head in the mm-hmm. helmet that's with robotics i was watching some behind the scenes stuff um but anyway it's just really cool but they were saying it was like a hundred pound at least a hundred pound suit that he was in um but the guy's already six seven Damn. and then has this thing on top of his head also so that would make the gorn probably what oh well over seven feet tall I was expecting, you know, zero G battle in Star Trek. I was expecting to see pink blood, like abysmal <laughs> color flying everywhere on the bridge, which we we've never it. seen again with the Klingons. Yeah, but we did get to see a, a EV suit rupture. Uh, Spock killed the guy by like putting like uh, the shard of metal. Like that yes. was pretty pretty cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, uh, Strange New Worlds did its favorite thing of like reusing their sets as a destroyed starship. That's right. That's or right. derelict starship <laughs> yet again. Um, yep. And uh, we get a tender moment of Chapel and Spock holding hands. Yeah. Right before she goes off and meets Roger Corby. Uh, right, and marries right. him. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, and then they, they, they profess that they will talk later. Yeah, they profess that they will talk later. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Yeah, so Spock is basically in the clear. He can take command from, or well, we Una taking command, but either way, they can relieve Pike of command because Pike totally freezes up in the end. Right. Oh, because they find out that, so the transporters go back online. They're able to, we forgot this part, they're able to beam Pike and, uh, uh, Battelle and Scotty onto the ship. Scotty gives, he, he takes all the components and beats uh-huh. up with Pelia and they go off. Oh, and Pelia had him as a student. They go off to start using those. And then everyone else goes to sick bay and there's a force field around it. And Battelle's like, take me out if you need to chapel and chapel looks to Pike. I have no intention of doing that. Pike goes to the bridge. We find they go to beam up everybody else. And Oh, 
There are no human life signs on that well, planet. And, and people should have anticipated this because when we see the like all the survivors in a tight little band waiting for beam up. Oh my gosh. We see green transporter signals and it's like, that's not a Starfleet signal. Well, and I just feel like they maybe should have started, like there shouldn't have been any pause between beaming the captain and them up. They should have just been immediately beam, 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 beam. Like they seem to be pretty slow with their transporting. I don't know. That's because Chief Jay and Chief Kyle have been busy this whole season. So they didn't That's have right. their A-team in the transporter room. So but bump, bump, bump. The Gorn have transported everyone else that was on the planet. Yeah. Up uh, to their and, ship. and there are some people speculating because of how much Pike praised Ortega's in this episode that she is uh, not long for this world. Which I will be very mad about. So I will me... too, because they still have only dug down into the fact that she's a good pilot. Because like when Pike goes, "You were born for this," I'm like, "You all have you have already told us this seven thousand times. Give us more Ortegas, like more about her." We also find out she has PTSD. So we did find that out, but and I mean, and so they give <laughs> no, us. No, I'm a little saying like bit... it's it's they need to give us a little bit like about her that is not like war or trauma, flying. right? Right. I just feel like everyone else has gone one or two episodes yeah. at least delving into their characters and they just haven't given us that with Ortegas and it makes me sad totally totally okay this is what I will go on my rant okay um let me put it this way I don't want to see any more TOS characters on on Strange New Worlds yeah, no I more no more I, I don't want Bones I don't want Chekhov I don't want Sulu we shouldn't uh, get Chekhov that one definitely shouldn't happen Right, because he didn't even join until, until the end. Until second season, right? Yeah, we don't, I don't want anyone else. Like, maybe, like, guest characters, okay, fine. Like, you know, like, Corby and all this kind of thing. But, like, let's leave the TOS mains out. Like, right. I like this Strange New Worlds group. I want them to live their lives right. before Kirk and his buddies all have fun. Like, I don't want this to become a prequel. Right. I want this to become its own show where yeah, the I characters agree. get to breathe and we get to enjoy their hijinks completely, you know? I agree. So, um, I I hope Scotty gets dropped off at the first starbase that they find. And then that's it. Yeah. And, uh, but we'll see. Um, I guess any, any other final points about this episode that we haven't talked about yet before we move on? To, I think we should do a little bit of a wrap-up of this season before we end our episode. Do we want to rate this episode before we do a wrap-up of the season? Or are we going to rate at the very, even after let's, that? Let's rate, let's rate, let's do the rating. Let's do the rating. If okay, you're ready okay. to rate, let's do a I rating. I think I'm ready to rate. All right. Stick your neck out. Give it a strange new rating. I think I'm going to give this a 4.5 because it was a really good episode um, and out of five, just going to remind people, I'm not giving it a 4.5 out of 10. Um, but no, I thought it was a good episode. I really liked it. Um, it was suspenseful. I thought it showed some of the really good aspects of Star Trek that I like. Um, I, I really liked, um, Pike saying, you know, sometimes you have to choose hope. I liked that. Um, mm -hmm. And that it was hope that got him down on the planet to do this and not just not a sense of revenge or, you know, like that wasn't what was driving him. What was driving him was hope. And I liked that. And that's what Starfleet or Star Trek is about for me. Um, so I liked that. And I just thought it was nice. It got to feature Pike a little more, which we haven't had ton. We've had less Pike than usual this season. I think it's understandable because of real life circumstances, but um and, you know, and Erica got her away mission, which was great. And um, so, yeah, I just appreciate it. It was suspenseful. It was there was it was just really cinematic. And I liked I liked all that stuff. So it just kind of ticked all the boxes, I think. You know what? I agree with you. I think it was a great finale. Like the test of a good finale with the to be continued is how badly you want to see mm -hmm. Major Barrett say. And now the conclusion, right? Did you uh, notice how much the computer's voice sounds like Major Barrett? Yeah, it's it's I Alex. It. Oh, is it is it? I forget it. Is the voice of the computer Alex Gap in the in Strange New Worlds? Is that the name of the? I can't actress remember the name, but I mean, I know I can't remember. But yeah, anyway, it sounds a lot like Major Barrett, which I like. I think it is. Let me let me do this actress justice because she is. Yep, she's the voice of the Enterprise computer in Star Strange New Worlds. Alex Gap. Alex so there is Gap. an actress. She's doing a great job. 
Yeah, and I, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, if this doesn't start with Majel Barrett's voice next next season, but like, I feel like that's see, this is the same thing when I say I don't want to see TOS characters again. It's right. like we had that for a long time, and I we get did. It. Let but they that... did also record, like, she did record a bunch of stuff before she died so that they could do it. Agreed. And we should do use it at some point and maybe... Lo- this would be a great Lordex type tribute, right? Or mm. even Prodigy. But, like, Strange New Worlds has an actress who does this work. And I don't yeah. want to... It's, it's the same way I feel, like, with Pelia and Scotty, right? Like, Pelia is a great character, but any scene she's in with Montgomery freaking Scott... Right. Like, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult to pay attention just like to let her really shine so right this is why i'm i'm kind of like let's just let's just let these people have their stories and so yeah i'll go with you though nine out of ten um really enjoyed it uh i love the way that this show i think i agree with everything you said and i I also like the way that this show has a little bit of meta referencing going on throughout with like the zombie movie here Mm -hmm. the referencing to like um Buffy and like music jokes and the musical episode like this this crew is having fun and even even in a scary difficult episode it kind of comes through so just loved it um all right let's let's take a few minutes maybe like five to ten minutes think about strange new world season two and give that a rating as well because we've now seen the 10 episodes of Do you, do you have like a clear sense of what you want to give it as a rating yet? Or do you need to talk it out a little bit? Well, you know, I, I will say that um, this has been a roller coaster of a season emotionally. Like they have not, they like want us to be laughing our heads off for an episode. And then they want us to be utterly devastated. And then they want us to be dancing and singing in the halls and then totally terrified. And then, I mean, it's just like really... <laughs> It's been quite a whirlwind of emotions this season. Um, and I don't yeah. quite know how to, how to, uh, how to, you know, rate that, whether that's a good or a bad thing or, um, but they still, I feel like even in the midst of it though, they really did. Um, they did have threads that were running through the whole season and all of the episodes, I feel like picked up on those. Like none of them were really discarding. Yeah. Those threads, they all had little ways that they weave together. And I will say this season also has one of my favorite. I mean, I probably would put, um, was it Ed Astra? Ed Astra. I put that, I think I would put that up in a top Star Trek episodes of all time. I don't know what top one, what number I would pick, but it's a, that, that episode was phenomenal. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's funny. I went back and looked at my ratings for last season versus this season. And mm-hmm. I gave more 10 out of 10s in season one. And I think that might be more just having so much more Star Trek, including an excellent Picard season three to chew on. But mm-hmm. I think this was a more mature season from Strange New World. So like, right. I think the storytelling matured brilliantly. These characters, which who already felt lived in in season one, went even further in season two where you just knew their dynamic. Every time one of them walked onto the screen, you knew exactly how they were going to um, be. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it just, the, the stories didn't feel like they needed to be forced onto the characters. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, you know, when, when Mabenga is having the reaction to Dakra, for example, you knew why you could, completely understand the motivations even if it's a side of his character we didn't fully know before when Mm -hmm. Laan falls in love with Kirk it just felt right Mm -hmm. and I think that's a sign of just fantastic characterization and writing Mm -hmm. in a way that um season one didn't have even so Mm -hmm. so for me I think that's I I enjoyed this season much more than season two and and season one and season one was a phenomenal episode in itself Mm -hmm. or a season in itself you know Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm trying. I'm looking here at what my ratings were. I'm trying. What was episode four? I'm trying to remember what happened in episode four. That was uh, among the Lotus Eaters. Oh, that was among the Lotus Eaters. Yeah. Episode what was episode four. three? And, oh, and episode three is tomorrow. Episode, is tomorrow. Uh, Lotus, is tomorrow. Eaters, Lotus Eaters is the memory episode. Yes, and and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow was episode three. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to remember what I, because I wasn't on that episode, but I'm trying to remember what I would have rated it. I would have given it, I think I would have given it a 4.5. I'm adding mine 
I wasn't on these episodes, but I'm adding them just so I can remember. No, I think I think the episode four was actually you and Adam did that recap. And so we did the Lotus not, Eaters, and I don't. That's have why it's my, not my spreadsheet. Uh, but anyway, let's not get too tactical on our listeners uh, or technical on our listeners. I think. What was your sense of so? We talked about this. I think the initial part of the season, the first four episodes, are totally like kind of a little bit more cohesive. But then that's the last six episodes is where we had like alternating right. like oh, charades, right. followed by the uh, the episode where they um, have the the um, communication thing that's driving everybody crazy. Oh, then, Uhura with the with yeah. the zombie hammer. And then we had those old scientists followed by the right. Under the Cloak of War. Then we had right. the musical followed by this one, Hegemony. Right, 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 right. And so it's like, in in some sense, that's like the 90s style of like, you never know what's coming next. Or no, that's even, true. And even sometimes a very serious episode in the 90s track will end with a very happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but... In, in a streaming world where we only have 10 episodes and you really get this back-to-back jumping around did, is does it work still do you care i i I'll, I'll put my cards on the table it was a little odd but i don't really care right right i think i think that i don't know if it's because of the i don't think it's necessarily because of the changing tones it's just a little whiplashy though especially if you end up like it, it would make i think it would make this season hard to binge mm. because it's just kind of like yeah. Although yeah. maybe you could look at those episodes as palate cleansers between <laughs> really right, high right. stakes episodes, maybe. But um, I think it would be because I know I felt a bit of whiplash going from Under the Cloak of War to Subspace Rhapsody because I saw them two nights in a row. But um, and that's not even really the technical. That's not really binging, although it's what binging looks like in my world, because I can't actually watch more than an episode in a day. But um, but I think. I, I think I did not enjoy this season quite as much as I enjoyed the last season, but I gave the last season five out of five. So it would be really hard for this season to hit the same. But it's so interesting then that a first season of a new series would have gotten a higher score from me than the second season. But yeah. I think it's going to. Well, and a, a couple of other points, I think, that this season did differently than season one, which is in season one, we had this overriding kind of storyline of Pike mm-hmm. learning to deal with his death. We mm-hmm. had a little bit of Spock and Chapel on and off. Right. But as a whole, I don't think we had as many like character through lines. Whereas in this season, the, the action was very episodic. And you can mm-hmm. for sure just binge or, or not even binge, but like take episodes out of order. I've been watching them with a friend completely out of order. Mm-hmm. And she's really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, but you did have some very deep through lines. Like we got a lot of character development from Lahan. We had a lot of character development for Chapel and Spock's relationship uh, between the two of them. Uhura got a ton of screen time as well to develop as a character. Yeah. Uh, and and there is a lot of richness if you watch all episodes, all 10 episodes in order, um, which I wasn't necessarily expecting from Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um it, it, I would say it's even like superior character development. Like you take a, an entire season of Voyager sometimes and you don't get this much consistent character development. For sure. For sure. You know, and that's also, I think that's also what's, I think maybe this, I'm going to give this series a knockdown on their score or this season a knockdown on its score because they did that for every character in a really full way, except for Ortegas. Yeah, but I just, because. I mean, but Last no, season, you didn't get anything from Ortega's at all. But you didn't get that much from all the other characters. I know. It's just like, I mean, they did. If you think about it, they developed La'an over several episodes in this season. They did big character development for La'an. Mm-hmm. Big character development for Nurse Chapel over in several episodes this season. They did big character development for Mbenga in at least two episodes this season. Plus, he had some big ones last season. They did, um, they had, a, you know, a couple different episodes that really showed a lot for um, for Una. They did two episodes that really featured Uhura. So I feel like they have done that for every character. And they obviously they did it for Spock because they're, why, they're not going to do it for Spock, right? You know, um, but they did it for everyone except for Ortegas. And I just don't think that's fair. And I don't, and it's frustrating that every time they do a big thing about Ortegas, it's like, oh, you're such a great pilot. I mean, they did a little bit talking about her being a good friend. You know, I mean, she, I, I do think they show that she's a good friend. 
Um, and, and that's what she's been, but, um, you know, cause she's accompanied chapel when they went to the planet so she could speak on behalf of Spock and, um, and with, she was really encouraging chapel in the, um, the musical episode. She you know, was also I, in, um, she got quite a bit of screen time in, uh, charades because she goes to the, she goes yeah. with Chapel yeah. to the Karkovians. Yeah, that's the, that was the first one I was talking oh, okay, about. Okay, but so I'm saying like they're showing that she's a good friend. But I don't know. I just feel like we did such a deep dive in everyone else. So if they, if I mean, if they, they better not kill off Ortegas right at the beginning of season three. Because yeah. I'm going to be so mad. Because they, they have to do a deep dive. And surely now there's going to be a long time for the creators of Strange New Worlds to be listening to to uh, fans of this show. And everyone wants more Ortegas. Like, or yeah. at least a whole lot of us do. So they've got some work to do on the Ortegas front, I think. Totally. All right. Well, uh, sounds like you're going to do a four and a half out of five. I think Is I'm going to do a four and a half. Yeah, because it's still okay. good. I, I I need to give it more than than a four out of five. So I'll give it four and a half. OK, got it. Well, I'm a 10 out of 10 for this one. I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. And um, I think, yeah, just more strange new worlds, please. Um, <laughs> I think they've, they've found magic in a bottle with the show and they really need to keep keep their foot on the gas. Um, I don't know how they managed to like get it so right, but it it's, it's something good and they should, yep. they should, they should do a debrief if they haven't about how they managed to, to kind of assemble this. Right. Right. All right. Well, um, with that, let's call an end to the show. Uh, just okay. as a quick listener note, I think we're thinking about taking next week off, maybe a couple of weeks after that as well. We'll see. Um, Lordex comes back on September 7th, I believe. So, we're, we're not going to take too much longer, too much time off, but maybe maybe I'll talk to the others and we'll see if we want to do any retros or if we want to just wait for Lower Decks to come in before we come back on the air. So um, stay tuned as such. But with that, um, Emily, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, really thanks. appreciate it. It's fun to talk about this stuff. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Rudy, Bill, and Adam, whatever it is y'all are doing, hope it is a great time. We will see you all for Lower Decks. Rudy in particular, I know you love Lower Decks, so I'm expecting to see you back. We haven't had you for a few episodes now. Um, and thank you to your listener for taking the time to listen to us during your busy week. Uh, we really appreciate you being supporters of the show. And uh, thank you just to go up recording our theme music. We always appreciate you hearing hear, appreciate hearing you strumming away at the uh, Klingon theme. <laughs> and awesome. Yeah, exactly. And special thanks this week to all of those people who were alive on the Cayuga's saucer <laughs> section when it slammed into the planet. Oh, no. Oh, what else can we do for you except say thanks? Uh, your sacrifice meant that we could get a Gorn egg-infested person onto the Enterprise. So. And that the Gorn could then transport the remaining survivors on the planet up to their ship. So yeah, good, yeah. You, it was a good sacrifice. Cheers, y'all. All right, see you in a few weeks. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.